0: I was the first
1: winner? Uh, it was brutal. <laughs> it was
0: brutal. Thank you for clicking on this podcast. I'm Aiden Daugherty, and you're listening to Streets and Stories. So,
1: um, basically, long story short, um, what got Gap- um, originally, I was doing good for a I got into drugs a little bit, um, you know, as a teenager, as most teenagers, experimented a little bit. You what type know, of drugs? Um, I experimented with pot, um, cocaine, um, tried heroin when I was younger, um, hallucinogens like mushrooms and stuff. Dabbled in a little bit. For the most part, left all the hard stuff alone. I stayed, you know, I, I continued with marijuana and I drank a little bit. Um, you know in, and up until about my mid 20s and I did pretty good I, I had gone through a treatment um, center as part of staying out of uh, I had gotten in a little trouble with the law and part of staying out of going into prison was I had to go through a, a treatment program um, which I went to I went through uh, a 28 day um, rehab and then a, a halfway house from there three-quarter house program and all that learned a lot of things stayed out of trouble um, got working, I was working, I worked at Jiffy Lou for a good three, four years and then from there um, got an opportunity to move on to a better uh, uh, job working uh, as a machine operator in a plastics factory. Um, I did that for about four years and that was around the time when I first got that job, that was around the time that I had met the mother of my children, um, my ex and um, you know it it was one of those quick relationships you know we got into it a lot quicker than we should have you know didn't really get to know each other before we got into it but we got into it you know in the first you know year or two was pretty decent you know we had our first kid and and then um, after that things just kind of started going south she wanted to live with her parents down in florida and you know to me i was like we had a good job and you know we have a family now and i wanted to stay up here and uh, you know, it just it, it it caused a lot of problems between us and uh, she got to the point where she wasn't working and I was carrying the load by myself which made it very difficult. Um, you know, I had a three bedroom house in Downers Grove, my rent was fourteen hundred dollars a month, then we had a car payment, you know, and bills and all that and every her brother was living with us and wasn't really paying his way the way he was supposed to, so everything was coming down real hard on me. And, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of help, I, I, I was you know going through a little bit of depression and you know we ended up having a breakup. She came up to me one one day and you know said she that she didn't want to do this anymore because she didn't like the way I was you know telling her she needed to get a job and this and that she didn't want to work and her parents didn't like me because I grew up in poverty and they grew up, you know rich, you know six figure jobs and stuff like that, you know, so we were two different people and uh, basically. Her parents told her that the only way that they were going to help her was if she came back down to Florida. They would pay for everything, hands down, you know, but if she stayed up here, that they weren't going to help her with nothing. So she went down to Florida. And because we weren't married at the time, when you're not married, you don't have the same rights as a father who is married, and I didn't know all that. So I wasn't allowed to keep her from taking the kids down to Florida. and. Uh, you know, it, it it took a toll on me. I didn't have any help. I didn't know what to do. I got really, really depressed. You know, cause I missed my kids. My kids were everything. You know, her. I was. I didn't care. You know, like yeah, of course I cared a little bit about her as a person. You know, but you know, I, I was more worried about my kids. And uh, I got real depressed. I was. And at the time, I had. During the breakup, I started, you know, kind of seeing other girls a little bit here and there. Nothing serious, but one relationship ended up getting serious, and that's what I'm with still now. We've been together for eight years, and uh, you know, halfway through the breakup, my ex wanted to get back together, and I was just like, you know, after all she put me through, I was just so hateful towards her. I was like, no, you know, I'm like, I want my kids. You can give me my kids, but I don't want nothing to do with you, and. You know, through all the depression everything, I made some bad choices. I got, you know, I with the depression, I, I got back into hanging around the wrong crowd.
0: I found from interviewing a lot of other people on the streets that if the person has a mental health problem mm-hmm. or an illness, Yeah, definitely. they can't even find places to help them out or
1: find It is a lot harder, yeah. it is a lot harder. I'm, I'm diagnosed with um, with uh, manic depression and bipolar, which I guess now they consider that pretty much the same thing, um, and I was diagnosed by one doctor, borderline schizophrenia, which I'm not sure if I really have schizophrenia, because I've had other doctors tell me that I don't have it, so I mean I, I don't understand it. But you know, I've been on that, and that does make it a lot harder out here, and, um, the shelters that are out here, like I stayed at Pacific Gardens Mission. I had a lot of stuff taken from me. The place is like extremely dirty mm-hmm. and they hardly feed you in there. You know, and it's
0: like the- That's another issue I've been finding is tons of people are too scared to go into the, into the yeah. shelters. Yeah, the lot
1: of shelters don't treat you well. Like the people that are in there, it's like they forget where they came from. And Do you, you have know? any
0: stories or examples of
1: that? Um, so, I mean, one example, I, I was uh, at Pacific Gardens Mission one time and I was sick. I wasn't feeling good, you know, and so I was trying to lay down like there's no way to lay like once you're up there's like nowhere to lay down during the day they have chairs and seats that you can sit in in, in, in a, like a day room area and i wasn't feeling well at all like but and laying down made it better like i felt like i wasn't going to throw up i felt okay so i was I, I picked a spot where there wasn't anybody around or anything that i wasn't felt like i wasn't going to cause any problems and, and I laid down and, and the staff came up to me and they're like, you can't just lay down on the ground there. You're not allowed to do that. I'm like, man, I don't feel good. Like, I just, I need someone to lay down. I don't feel good at all. Oh, well, we could take you to the hospital. I don't have the money to go to the hospital or go to the emergency room and have it. Like, I don't think it's that serious. It's just like, I, I'm sick. I, I don't I think I got the flu or something like that. I just need to be able to lay down for a few minutes, you know? So I got up and I tried and then I ended up They have a locker room. I went in there laid down and I laid down on the chairs and they came in and seen me again and we got into it and I, I told them I'm like you know how can you guys claim to be Christian and, and claim that you want to help people I'm like I don't feel good at all I feel like I'm the drug every time I stand up I'm getting dizzy I'm like and I've told you that laying down helps it I just need to live like maybe if I lay down for like an hour or so and get back up that I'll be okay you know and it was almost like they'd rather me be out on the shit it's like well you can go outside and lay down pretty much it's like this is a shelter that's supposed to help people, it's Christian based. How can you be a Christian-based shelter and find it okay to, to tell somebody that, you know, if, if they're that if they don't feel good then they should go somewhere else. And that didn't make any sense to me. You know, so that that definitely turned me away from from being at the place. Um, I haven't, and after that, like I've, I've heard of a couple other shelters. I haven't. I just I've been so scared to try doing it. And then, and then I went back there once, and I was gone for three days because my my uh, wife, my girlfriend that I'm with now, I call her my wife. We've been together for eight years. You know, she was in and out of the hospital, and I was in the hospital with her for three days. And I didn't know that if you're gone for three days, that they can take all your. Stuff. They took all my belongings, all my stuff out of my locker and just gave it away to people. Like they put it in there, like, and I didn't know that that was an issue, you know? It was like, I'd go back three days later to get my stuff and I explained to them the situation. I tried calling while I was in there. I got them, I left a message. They said they never got the message or anything like that. You know, and there's just stuff like that. It's like, that sh- I mean, I've heard that there's other shelters that are a little bit better. It's just so hard, you know? Um, and I kind of found being out here, that, like, there are a lot of people that kind of look really down on, on people that are homeless and, and, and don't understand, you know, because they don't go through it, but there's a decent amount of people that do help, and it's like, I heard a couple other people that were out here, they're like, man, I eat better out here than I do in the shelter, you know, people bring food and help out with food. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a try, you know, and I tried it, you know, and and it was true, like, it was like, there's a lot of people that give leftovers and stuff like that, and I was eating better out here, and I mean, there are ups and downs, like, you know, I've I've been robbed since I've been out here, I've had stuff taken from me, Um, been in a few altercations, um, but also the plus side, you know, I have met a lot of other people and got a better understanding. I got help getting off drugs since I've been out here. I got into, I went into detox. And I haven't been out here as long as you know some some of the other. How many years? Because I've been. This is going to be our second year. Second year. Yeah, this is going to be. This is our second winter being out here. So. How
0: was the first winter? Uh, it
1: was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. It was. Uh, we. Can you walk uh, me through?
0: How how you just survive
1: a winter? Um, lots of blankets, lots of hand warmers. Basically, hoping that a lot of people and using some of the money that we get to buy hand warmers are like really important. You know, having a lot of hand warmers, a lot of blankets. Um, you know, some people sleep up top here, some people sleep on lower whacker. We chose lower whacker because we have a decent amount of stuff that we can't just carry around everywhere. Um, but yeah, as far as surviving, a lot of blankets. It helps having, you know, like I said, I have a girlfriend. It helps, you know, body heat. It helps having somebody to cuddle up with to keep warm. Um, you know, we um, the first winter we rode the blue line a lot. Blue line runs um, 24 hours, um, and as long as you're not causing trouble, you know, they'll let you kind of. They kind of. They don't want you really sleep sleeping, sleeping on there. But you know, you try and catch you know catch some snoozers here and there and they'll come and wake you up. and you know you get to one side, then you gotta switch tracks and you know ride the other side, you can't just stay on the same train. So we did that for a little bit. Um, we found out about uh, O'Hare airport in, in the winter when it's bad like this. Um, they would let people um, sleep in the terminals, you know, as long as, again, as long as you're not causing trouble, you know They got heaters along the sides of the walls and stuff. So, you know, we would kind of cut out there and sleep next to each other We did that for a while um, Like I said, we tried the we tried the uh, Shelter thing um, This winter so far um, It's been a couple of days where it's pretty, it pretty cold and and, and that's really the main thing is just you know trying to um, find some. They, they they do have some like hospitals where you can go to warm up and stuff. Um, sometimes they treat you kind of crappy, you know, depending on the hospital. Some are better than others. Um, but again, as long as you're not causing too much trouble, or you know, as long as you're not you know, too makes uh, like so, a lot, lot of homeless people end up into drugs. As long as you're not in there, and mess. You know, usually they're pretty okay with it. Um, that's really the main thing, man. Just really hoping for help with blessings and, and 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 just trying to find those warming centers and and you know, trying to trying to find people that you can click up with. A lot of guy, a lot of people down there, you know, are kind of close to each other um, with all the blankets and stuff, and that's. I mean, that's really the only way to survive out here. Um, Right now, my go-to sleep spot is uh, Lower Lake Street. It's um, right off of Lower Columbus docks back there. Um, We were on uh, Upper Columbus, and up there, they got these big heater things that blow out. But um, during the summer, they kicked us out to the bottom because they had races, I guess, going on. And then we were, we thought about going up there because of the heaters, but we got so many blankets and stuff right now. We just kind of stayed down where we're at.
0: Do you have like a stash spot where you keep your blankets?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we kind of have like a, it, I it's not really, a, it's just our spot. Like people, for the most part, don't really mess with our stuff. There's so many people down there um, at one time or other. We all kind of watch over each other's stuff a lot. So we have, like, you know, like little padding and stuff that we find, like our couch, you know, couch cushions or something. Anything that you can find to make some kind of bedding out of and then you know put a bunch of blankets on it and then like us ourselves we have a tarp that a blue tarp that we got from somebody and we kind of lay that over everything you know so the pigeons you know because the pigeons are over there you know with the pigeons dumping on everything and getting pigeon poop all over your stuff so we put that over there and you know after when we first got down there people were kind of like stealing small stuff like people would steal like little stuff like water food here and there but after we got known a little bit, people stopped stealing. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what the you know, what the reason is or whatever. But yeah, I mean pretty much uh pretty much we just leave, we just leave our stuff where we sleep. We just leave it there, cover it up so that it looks kinda nice and usually nobody messes with it too much. Some guys out here. There are some people that like kind of pick little cubby holes in the stores and stuff at night to sleep. Um, Yeah, them. I don't know. I I don't know how they do it, man. Without all the blankets, because when we're down there with the blankets, we have. You know, we get real cold sometimes. So, you know, I always wondered myself. Like some of the guys that that sleep up here. um, I don't know how they do it. It's one of those things where, like, you never know where you're, what you're capable of surviving until you're put in that position. You just kind of learn to survive, you know. I, if you would ask me five years ago if I would have thought that I'd be out here in Chicago, because I'm from the suburbs, you know, I'm not really from Chicago. It's just, if you're homeless, it's a lot easier to survive in Chicago being homeless than in the suburbs. You know, there's a lot more people, there's a lot more places where you can sleep without getting in trouble and having the cops you know kick you out and stuff like that it's kind of a little bit more i guess normal for chicago but if you would ask me five years ago i've never in my life would imagine myself being homeless or, or being in this position you know i there's days i wake up where i don't even know how i'm doing it so
0: what's the hardest part
1: hardest part staying off drugs yeah yeah
0: are you off drugs currently
1: um not completely, but I'm yeah. um, I'm I'm just about there. Um, yeah. with the methadone, you got to get up to a certain amount for it to like counteract okay. the drugs and um, okay. using hair using. I ended up my drug of choice became heroin, heroin, and but now it's like they don't have heroin now. It's fentanyl is what they put out there. Is that your new? Fe- yeah. So. Do you
0: snort it or inject it?
1: I inject. Okay. I started off snorting, moved to injecting. And then I got, I, like I said, I went to the detox and got on methadone. But because methadone was made for heroin, and fentanyl is a way stronger um, opioid than what heroin is, so it takes a lot more of the methadone to keep you from getting sick. And the, sick, like the withdrawal and the sickness from heroin is horrible. Like, I had heard stories, I, before I got real bad in heroin, like, I, I knew people and I heard stories. And I never understood the, the, the realness of it until I went through it. And it's just, it's just horrible. That's what makes it so hard for people to quit is the sick is just so... It's like having the worst flu in your life. Like, body aches. Like, people lose control of their bowels, throwing up and all that. And you don't want to feel like that, so they just keep doing the drug, trying to find ways to keep doing the drug in order to do that. So, but with the methadone, And what sucks is the program start you off so low and then work your way up instead of just giving you what you need at the first place. So I'm finally getting up, like, I got myself down to where I'm only doing like maybe half a bag just to keep me from the sickness, like I get in the morning. A gram? Um, No, not a gram, a bag is like a, a bag is a tenth of a gram. So $10, a $10 bag is a tenth of a gram. And, uh, you know, at one point I was doing about 10 of those a day, you know. And that's a lot. Um, I mean, that's enough. Ten, what? Ten, ten bags. bags. Yeah, Real a day. A gram. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically a gram. A gram or more a day. You know, and that's a lot. Like that's enough to kill somebody. Like the normal person yeah. can do half a. Like a normal person, a person that doesn't do heroin at all, did just half a bag, it pr- probably kill him. Yeah. Like a whole half, just a half a bag would kill him. You know, you imagine people getting up to where they're doing 10 bags a day. And that's how a lot of people end up overdosing, like, with well, so many, we've seen a lot, of, we've, a lot of people that we've met down here since we've been on here that we um, became, you know, associates with, you know, we ended up losing, you know, to ODs, a OD, because that's the lifestyle down here. And we just didn't want, we don't want it. you know, we, we re- remember how it used to be when, you know, when we weren't on these drugs. And, Life was good, you know, working and coming home, being with each other, just living a normal life. And, you know, we want that back, so that's why we're going through the through the notions we're going through, the, to get everything. And heroin's so hard to come off of. I mean, yeah. There's a few people, you know, that, that give us hope, that, that have gone through it, and, you know, they showed us, you know, you can do it. So and, and that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get through there. So my goal, hopefully, is to by this time next week, is to be off completely and then just be taking the methadone, and then you know, um, steady myself on that and then come off of that eventually. Like I know it's a lot of people are like, well, you're just switching one for the other, which I understand that, but it's you know, it, you got. You, it's hard for you anybody else somewhere. to understand. You got to start somewhere. It's hard for you to understand if you haven't done it. It's that sick, you know, You don't, and the methadone keeps from being sick. And methadone is legal and insurance pays for it. So I don't have to go out here, you know, doing anything to, to get money for drugs. I'm not doing the drug itself. And then methadone, I can work, you know, once I get leveled off, I can, you know, bring down the dosage to where I get off of it comfortably, you know. You know, because, yeah, I mean, you could technically, you know, just cold turkey it, but it's a rough way to do it, man. (laughs) Especially on the street, I bet. Yeah, especially on the street. Especially on the street. Do you think
0: that's mostly why a lot of people just stay on heroin? I think so. makes living on the street easier?
1: I think so, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I find that
0: a lot of people are, like, worrisome with giving homeless people money because I they think they're just going to spend it on drugs. Realistically, when you were at the prime of your heroin use, how much money, like, so let's say you got 50 bucks during that day panhandling. Mm-hmm. Realistically, like, what would you spend that money on? I'm like, um, totally honest, don't care. Yeah,
1: yeah. Realistically, in the worst of it, yeah. I mean, I'd say probably like three-quarters of it would probably go to the drugs, and then, you know, the necessities definitely at the worst of it. Yeah, of course. Then what about now? Now, mostly it goes to I've been getting transportation, going around looking for jobs, you know, trying to put a little bit, you know, a little bit to the side here and there for the apartment when we get the apartment so that we have something. Um, Like like I said, my wife, she's at the hospital right now, so... food, transportation, Um, we try and here and there, um, if we can, we try and get a room so that we can shower and whatnot through the night. Cause there's like, and I never, I don't understand why it's the case either, but there's like no shelters where like, if you're a couple, like if you're a married couple, there's like no shelters where you can just, you know, where you can be together, you know? And, And so that makes it hard too, looking for something like that. So yeah, so now, yeah, basically the money goes towards transportation, food when we don't get food because there's days that people just don't give you food you know and it's we don't have a kitchen where we can cook anything and it's expensive to eat in chicago and yeah. so i mean for the most part now it basically goes towards transportation getting around going to the clinics to make sure to get my dose to you know so that I, I stay in the program and doing stuff like that yeah
0: what would be the most useful thing that a person could give you besides, or just another homeless person besides money?
1: Besides money, um, things that I see that we don't get a lot that could be useful would be um, underwear, um, Q-tips. Like, they give us a lot of hygiene stuff, um, but you never really see a whole lot of Q-tips. You know, Q-tips people need clean their ears on and stuff. Um, Q-tips... Underwear, you know, people, there are people, things where they bring, um, you know, clothes around sometimes, but you never really see underwear too much, you know, and underwear's kind of an important thing. Um, off the top of my head, those would be like the two main thing, like like underwear, Q-tips, and then like, you know, towels, s- towels so that if you do find somewhere so you can wash up and stuff like that.
0: And then my last question, and I really appreciate you talking to me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what book are you reading?
1: um the book i'm reading right now is the bible um i'm reading the daily bread and the bible and that's usually um i used to i, I got in the bible a while ago when i was clean and on, on top of things and uh i was kind of you know i would read it here and there it was a part of my life and and it was you know when i got into thinking you know when i wanted to get doing right again and, and getting wanting to get clean i just i knew the bible is one of the things i had in my life and i know it's one of those things that no matter what no matter what, you, you know, not everybody believes in it, but, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm not a Bible-thumper. I'm not, like, you know, we were like, oh, God, I don't push God on everybody, but it helps me. It's a positive thing, and, you know, if I want to, um, I want to, um, better my life, I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of good direction in the Bible, you know. I don't.
0: Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of Streets and Stories. If you want to make a difference, please go to I wish I was outside.org, all over case. Thank you.